0: hello welcome to i love rock and roll i'm ken kranz and i am chip chantry and we're coming to you from a shared universe uh in homedale new jersey we have ming chen on the board today he's nodding he's uh you know for a podcasting professional ming you're awfully fucking quiet when you do this show it's it's your
1: show i don't want to overshadow you guys (laughs) i love you guys but uh yeah i'm not i know i'm i was on tv come on yeah i know you don't, you don't
0: need to scoop to these levels uh excuse me i've been on the ashley banfield show three times live television baby with nobody watching uh chip why don't you introduce our guest in today's topic i don't think i should have to
1: because he needs no introduction ken not only is he a nationally touring comic uh, his albums have been number one on the iTunes charts. He's been a former roommate of mine, and he is a not one, not two, but third time returning guest to the I Love Rock and Roll podcast. Mr. Pat House is with us today. Hello, Patrick. Hello, hello. I'm glad you mentioned the
2: roommate thing because that's my intro in the clubs.
1: <laughs> As it should be.
2: Whenever As the host is like, hey, what do you want me to say? I'm like a uh, former roommate of Chip Chantry.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I would assume that would get you far. It does. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you, it says it on your business card, so you might as well. It does. You know.
2: Pet house comedian, comma slash former roommate of Chip Chantry, circa two thousand eight. Yeah, let's the, hear. For, let's hear for Chris. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: you remember? The, remember the early days of the show when every guest was a former roommate at Chips?
1: Yeah, it, it was. It was David James. David James, you and uh, Kentaines. Kent wasn't on it, but. Uh, I, I will say that uh, Johnny Goodtimes was close enough. I mean, we, we never lived together, but, you know. J-Cat Credo? J-Cat Credo was the other one. Yeah, J-Cat yeah, yeah. I thought, Credo. I thought so. Who's
0: that? I don't remember. Oh, you don't know, j Oh, you don't remember?
1: We should do an episode of J-Cat. I was just,
2: dude, you, you, you beat me to it. I was just, going to be the next thing out of my mouth. All right, so let's. let's get him, get him to be a guest on his own episode. Like, we talk about
1: him while he's there. <laughs> so, okay, jump in at any time, Pat. J-Cat is a musician slash standup comedian from the Lehigh Valley area, I believe, but he would come down to Philly to do open mics pretty frequently. And that's a long haul. Like I yeah. remember in my early days, I, I saw him a lot. I feel like, mm-hmm. yeah, as did I. And he would usually like wear a cowboy hat and kind of look like if, like if, correct me if I'm wrong, Pat, like if Dave Navarro aged like 30 years and not well. <laughs> that, yes. that... Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's what he looked like.
2: Also, like not a lot of Native American attire, and it matched his van. His van was also decked out in Native American
1: shit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
0: and I I want this guy. All this is 100% true. We got to get a hold of this guy. He
1: would sometimes do music, and he would do stand-up, and it was usually at the open mic level, and he – I'm trying to think, like what, but at one point there was a, I believe it was him. He
0: had a lawsuit against Steve Bix. Do you remember that? I no, but I remember Steve Bix. I think that was it. Do, do you remember Steve Bix? Ken? I've, I've heard. I didn't work with him, but I know the name in
1: the stories. He was, he was this old Booker that would book like Firehall shows in the middle of nowhere, and there was this whole. I think it was J Cat and Steve Bix, like just sort of like you know how like when two remember those like uh, qu- questions in algebra class where it's like two fucking insane trains are about to collide and at so many kilometers per hour like that's wh- what they would be they were just like two of the craziest people who had a lawsuit and then he basically like i, I, sh- I probably shouldn't bring this up too much i don't want to name this but like up he, there's a venue up there that he w- i think was trying to sue or then he was like running for maybe city council
0: or something like that up there and he was like would we'll go to these city council meetings and just uh, he was a he's a piece of work all right. Yeah, he sounds he sounds like our sounds like our kind of guest. Yeah. Um. Let's uh, Pat, this you want you want to tell the people who we're talking about today? I guess uh, we're talking
2: about Taylor Hawkins. I know. Which is uh, crazy. I believe your text said emergency episode. Did, <laughs> yeah. did it not? It did. Oh, so you haven't heard Pat. OK,
1: this no, is not no. <laughs>
0: yeah, it was like, don't turn on the news until uh, we talk to you.
1: Yeah. Pat, uh, so Pat House, and he told me I could bring this up. Pat House does have a Foo Fighters tattoo. That is correct.
2: That is, that is 100% true. And also not the worst tattoo of anybody
1: on this podcast. No, no, no. Uh, not at all. What check uh, is yours? a tattoo? I have a couple, uh, yeah. And uh, oh, that, we, okay. that we won't get into just yet. But you, Pat, I will say this. What do you have, you a soul have- coughing tattoo? I have many soul coughing <laughs> tattoos. Mike Doty <laughs> tramp fan Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have a, a toad, the wits sprocket neck cat that you've never noticed. Uh, Pat, you also have a Susudio tattoo. Is that right? I do. Yeah, Which, that's a great tattoo. I I enjoy that. that tattoo.
2: Thank you. Um, I do throw it in my set a lot, and uh, you know, as comics, we hate saying this, but it fucking makes the crowd go ape shit because I show them real quick and as part of like a larger chunk of a joke, and like it's it's actually kind of the funnest part of my set because people. just it's so dumb but it really gets a reaction out of people and i've had people take pictures of it after shows (laughs) amazing
1: (laughs) by the way you're not the only philly comic that has a foo fighter tattoo, right
2: philly i don't know about but i do know another a los angeles comic that has one
1: okay i thought there was a friend of your a mutual friend of you in my mind pat that that had one we won't get in we won't get into that right now i don't want to blow blow up his his spot or anything but um Yeah, we were talking about Taylor Hawkins. Yeah, that sucks, man. It really does. Um,
2: Came totally out of nowhere. And uh, I mean, I know there's all sorts of uh, rumors and suspicion and toxicology reports. But uh, regardless of how it happened, it just is a total shock to uh, the whole music world,
1: you know? I mean, it it really was like I'm not the i i enjoy the Foo fighters i saw them i think with you years ago and uh i saw them once and i have a couple of their albums i like them i'm not like the biggest fan in the world but like they always just seem so likable like him and Grohl together obviously just like that i think that's even bigger than their music was just that vibe that they gave out
2: they always had funny banter like throughout the whole entire concert and you could tell it was real like it wasn't scripted but they were like they were best friends they would like bust each other's balls and it was like it was just cool. Like it was just it was like, yes, they're a band, but they're still also friends just fucking around. And yeah. they, that was half the fun of the concert.
0: Yes. Yeah. It's I was listening to uh, Howard Stern had a, he's been running a tribute to him all week. And I was listening to it this morning and they was um, they were playing an Australian 60 Minutes piece that uh, Taylor and Dave did together and the two of them were just breaking each other's balls going back and forth laughing their asses off and it like reminded me of when you know two comics who love each other get together
2: exactly you can just see that there's a relationship and they know how to like you know play off each other feed off each other
1: i feel one- like the one thing that that people forget or just that i always have to re- remind myself is Not He didn't start out, but he was Alanis Morissette's drummer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's in a couple of her music videos. And before the Foo
2: Fighters, he was just like a touring drummer. He didn't have, you know, a band to call his own. He worked with with a lot of people. But then Alanis blew up, and then they were performing at a festival, and Dave Grohl, like, basically stole him.
1: (laughs) Did he he play on Jagged Little Pill? Did he play in the studio on that album?
2: I don't know if he's in the studio on that album, but he's in a couple of her videos, and he toured – with that album, I'm not sure if he was on that album as far as like a studio musician. I
1: really, I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know the answer to that.
1: Now, now, and now, real quickly, like just to go back through the Foo Fighters, real quickly. So obviously, Dave, Dave Grohl comes from Nirvana. He's got these songs. He basically records that first self-titled album himself. He yes. basically does all the tracks himself. All and named it
2: Foo Fighters because he didn't want to be known as the guy from Nirvana making new music. So he put Foo Fighters on there to just keep it anonymous, mm-hmm. and the name stuck. And he regrets that, but it just fucking stuck.
1: And <laughs> Foo Fighters—that's like—is—is is that like a name for like UFOs or something like that? Yes, that it was an called?
2: unidentified flying object coined in World War II. If pilots couldn't identify something in the air, they called it a Foo Fighter. So it Foo actually Foo
1: is like a uh, legit term, right? But yeah. silly as a band name, right? right so then he so then he forms a band and basically i don't know like how much he poaches or whatever but you know uh, pat smear who uh is was in nirvana was in the germs and nirvana br- brought him along and then uh taylor hawkins from alanis morissette and then two guys from sunny day real estate yep nate and william goldsmith william goldsmith and william i guess couldn't really hack it
2: yeah i don't think he, he
0: wasn't in the band too long he had a yeah. very short he he was on this well he was on the second album Right. Because Dave played every instrument on the first album.
1: And then I think he played on the second album. But I think we were talking about that. How I think we I got think it Dave wrong. Dave went yesterday. back then and re- re-recorded it.
0: Yeah, I think Dave redid a
2: lot of the drums on the second album, which is actually my favorite Foo Fighters album, The Color and the Shape. That's, That's like great. One, of, yeah. one of those ones There, where it's like, we all have our albums that are like perfect, like flawless. Every track, you don't skip one second of it. And that album is it for me. Yeah. And I don't. Even when I listen to it, I will skip "Monkey Wrench" ever long and "My Hero" just because they're the big hits. But like, that's that album is like my yeah might even be my favorite one of all time. Honestly, oh,
0: mine wow. is uh,
1: big is biggest thing by uh, Pat House. Oh, thank you.
0: <laughs> I, I was just looking. He he did play. Uh, he he was the uh, studio drummer for Jagged Little Pill. Okay. Oh, cool. Were you? Were you guys
1: Sunday day real estate fans at all? Do you, Pat, do you go back and listen to them at all since, you know,
2: um, not really, I'm unfamiliar, but I do have a weird story. Um, I went to Seattle in 1998 when I was 13 or 14 years old. And there was a band playing beneath the space needle. It was like four guys in a rock band. And I remember picking up like a, postcard like a business card like like a like a five by seven one yeah and it said sunny day real estate on it and i still have it somewhere but i don't know if that was them performing at the time or later that day or what but i still have that card somewhere yeah and i got it literally beneath the
0: space needle in seattle watching a
2: band so i don't i but i have no idea if it was them or not
0: or how about ken are you uh you know i i listened to them in the 90 when i was uh when I went to college, my roommate was a very big Sunny Day Real Estate fan, so uh-huh. I, I listened to them. Uh, I think we were roommates for two years, uh, so I, I listened to them a lot then. But they're not a band that I ever went back and revisited really good back
1: to. You. Yeah, they're like they, very, very, I'm they going on Spotify right now. Did they, did, did they have any hits? I'm looking not like hits. hits. They're so. I, yeah, I don't think they really charted or anything, but their album Diary is. I think a lot of people are like it's like sort of okay. like the, it's the blueprint for emo kind of. So it was like early emo, like what it was. But it's definitely harder than what you would consider like you know emo of like the two thousands. I think it's a great album. Diary. It's the one with like the play school people on it. Like the yeah. The I'm, I'm looking Empire. at their at the yeah 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 yeah. It's a it's a really good. I really enjoy that album. The first track off of it is great. There's there's a couple of uh, of really good tracks, but I don't think it ever really. I don't think it ever really charted, but looks like they had a, it it is is a really short really run album. too.
2: Do they have a very short run? I mean, their albums were 94, 95, 98, a live one in 99, and the final one in 2000. Yeah. The so they four albums and a live album over six
1: years. So I think they did like the 94 one. I think they kind of made some waves. Like people are like, okay, this is a next big thing. I don't know what the situation was if they were sort of breaking up or if Kroll just went in and took those two guys. And then I think the lead singer went like became Christian. And then was like wanted to do like Christian music. So there was that. And then I think they've sort of always kind of maybe sort of gotten back together sometimes or Mm. in different iterations. But I I've never really followed them past that first album, which I I think the first album is great. But I I never really followed after that. I'll
2: give it a listen. Mm -hmm. I'll definitely check it out. It's very 90s. That's even that's even more of a selling point. Yeah. Yeah. Ken, I know I sent it to you. I don't know if Chip, if I sent it to the group chat or just Ken, but like I still have the photo I took of Taylor Hawkins when I met him outside the electric factory in May of 1998.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, you sent that to me. He, uh, you know what was so great about him? Like I I was trying to, like we've lost, I think it was 2016, (laughs) starting with David Bowie. There's just been a run of major... Like huge rock stars lost.
2: Wasn't it David Bowie right into
0: Prince? Like, weren't they yeah, pretty close? Bowie, I feel like they were. Yeah, they mm-hmm. were. It was Tom Petty was right around. Bowie, that two, I think. Prince yeah. Tom Petty, uh, Tom Petty. Same day as the Vegas shooting. Same, same day as the Vegas shooting. And like, remember, like they reported Tom Petty was dead and then reports came out and they were like, Oh no, wait, he's still alive. Uh, that like was he's Rolling in Stone Stone that critical condition that his daughter
2: went ape shit on yeah. social
0: media at, and, at at Rolling Stone yeah and then and then it's like he died twice on the, it was like oh my god <laughs> he's dead and then and then it was like oh no wait he's alive oh that's great and then like an hour later it was like oh no now he's dead again yeah <laughs> It was like that day was so fucked up. Yeah, do you really remember the time that, that Tom Petty died twice? Yeah, yeah. it was like the Vegas yeah. shooting and uh, Tom Petty, Vegas shooting, Tom Petty again. <laughs> yeah, I have. This is um. this was not my joke and it might be the darkest joke. Uh, it wasn't even a joke. It was a comment from a friend. And uh, I don't think he'd care if I named him. He's been on the show a couple of times. Max Antonucci. Uh, I think we figured out. Somehow it wasn't me, but one of my friends figured out that I, I had my uh, bachelor party in Vegas and my friend is pretty sure that um, that we stayed in the same room, the, the suite oh. as the Vegas shooter really yeah Now i don't i don't know this for sure but my friend who who is you know i guess maybe a better memory or was maybe a little more sober than me he he seemed to think that was the case wow so i was telling this comic max antonucci that and he goes wow he's like that's crazy and then he says who do you think had more fun <laughs> dude what if that was part of a bachelor
1: party by the way yeah. like this has gotten way out of hand
2: you know you know how people have recorded albums at like the manson house you should go back and record an album in that room yeah
1: <laughs> by the way uh, do you, you heard the house. story and there's like video out of how they said that tom petty killed a woman did you ever have you seen that i don't know if it's like how real it is or whatever but i i remember seeing this like as a child this was early earlier on like back in the 80s it was him and i don't know if it was his band at the time like mud crutch or like a bunch of people and you could see they basically had this woman there's video of it and they like laid her out on a table and then they started slicing her up like a big birthday cake and Whoa. they started eating her yeah like a big Whoa. cake yeah it was really surprising that's not bigger news and he was and he was dressed like with a big top hat on and it was and she was like kind of screaming but like they were just and then people turned into pigs (laughs) it was really wow no i'll have to
0: google that later that's crazy look look that up you
1: think that'd be Um, bigger
0: news
2: have you guys done a tom petty episode yet no yeah because if you do you know who you have to get right
0: well i'm guessing not tom petty
2: jeff tate Oh, yeah. He's like the biggest. See, biggest I have one Foo Fighters tattoo, but I'm fairly certain uh, Jeff Tate might have three. He for sure has two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, he would be, he would be numerous Tom Petty tattoos. Actually, I think he has the um,
1: uh, a top hat caricature. OK, of yeah. of them. Yeah, I actually have the cake lady. I have Alice in Wonderland as a cake, too. So uh, we, we kind of match it once you can hold it up. Um, but that, we- that was by the way, that that doc that came out about tom petty a couple of years ago it's like four hours long and it's like yeah. how can you talk about tom petty for four hours but i would have watched another four hours of it, it was yes. really
0: good. yeah um yeah then we lost tom petty we lost uh fife we lost uh glenn fry i got in trouble when we lost glenn fry i tweeted out like wow these rock stars are dropping like fries <laughs> <laughs> and- I got some pushback on that one. The Eagles
2: were in town the other night, and I know a few people that went, and I managed to throw in, hey, was Glenn Frey there? A couple
0: times. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, like, obviously, here here was my point about Taylor, though. Like, everybody, obviously, the tributes poured in about what amazing artists all these guys were. Yeah. Um, But with Taylor Hawkins... It reminded me of uh, when Charlie Watts passed away, you know, because the tributes were like, what an amazing artist he was. But then also what an amazing person he was, mm-hmm. you know, Like, and, and it's like it, it's it's everybody that that ever met him is, is coming out with these stories just about what an incredible dude he was. Yeah. And it's. And- um.
2: And I know it's like so cliche to say, but like um, in all the photos and the Foo Fighters of the band I've seen the most, they're probably I probably since I was I started seeing it when when I was 13. So I think I've seen him between 20 and 25 times. Like he was always smiling like he really literally was a person who always looked happy whether he was masking something or, you know, he was high. I have no idea. But the dude always had a smile like no bullshit always looked fucking happy well he he looked the like, opposite of a comic
0: yeah yeah exactly <laughs> he he looked like that uh like that typical he looked like if uh like jeff spicoli's dreams came true you know like he he looked like uh, a a surf bum who fucking hit the lottery and never forgot that he was just like a teenager from California, you know, listening to these records. And now he's playing with all of his heroes. Yeah. And, and he I mean, you know, you, you don't know the guy personally, but he 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 gave the appearance of somebody that was just grateful for for, yeah. ever, for every moment.
2: He and he was quoted. I saw this quote a bunch of times this week. He said, like, I play rock and roll for a living. You will never hear me complain. Dude was just like he fucking knew it. He was happy. and He was very
1: grateful. Yeah, which I was funny because I was quoted the other day as I'm a stand up comedian and I'll feel good. <laughs> That's yeah. what I say most days. I'm a comic. I'm
2: hungry. Yeah. <laughs> um, This is what I put on my Instagram the other day like a million tributes poured out, and I put my own up. But, uh, as a Foo Fighters fan and someone who's seen them a lot, dude, Taylor always had the best bass drum covers. My absolute favorite was he had a picture of, uh, was Rodney Dangerfield, Pee Wee Herman and David Lee Roth. Right oh, that was on, on the front of his drum set. He had a drum cover of his parents. He wrote Soundgarden on one. He mm-hmm. had, um, Barry Gibb on one, like dude, like every night he'd have something goofy on his drum set. And it was just, it made me laugh every single time.
0: Yeah. I've, I've been watching the, uh, the the I guess the band went up went out and put up uh, all of the recent Lollapalooza performances because Lollapalooza's been going through uh, South America mm-hmm. and um, they've been just putting up the entire concerts like as a tribute and uh, he, he had Foo's addiction on Foo's addiction uh, yeah, yeah for, for the last set yeah yeah um and it seemed like as Big a talent as he was, he was that big a fan of of the bands that he loved. Mm-hmm. And he was always uh, shouting out band name. Like when when the Foo Fighters were inducted into the Hall of Fame, um, his his speech. I don't remember if he gave an entire speech or if this was the only thing he said, but he ended the speech by saying uh, George Michael should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Jane's Addiction should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I forget the third. <laughs> but he, named, he what? It, yeah, I don't think it was Winger. Um, but he, he just name checked uh, three of his favorite bands that that he couldn't believe weren't in there.
2: He was. Um, I'm a huge Queen fan, also. I would probably put queen Beatles and the Foo fighters as my top three and Taylor's favorite band was queen. So I've seen a lot of interviews with Taylor where he's going in depth with queen stuff. And I'm like, totally on board, like mentioning songs that were never on the radio and B sides and like trying to get the band to cover them. And, um, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, I saw the Foo Fighters cover Queens Tie Your Mother Down, and that was Taylor's idea. And it was, it just came out of nowhere. And it's one of those moments where for me, it was like, holy shit, is this really happening? There's fucking Foo Fighters covering a random Queen song. And I was just like, I like, fuck, was high for a month off just singing
1: that. Which is, is, is interesting because one of the things that I'm almost surprised that I didn't hear more this past week was one of my favorite songs, honestly, that, that we came across was I'm a huge Beach Boys fan. And that Dennis Wilson track that he never finished for his Pacific Ocean Blue album from 77, that track, Holy Man. You've heard that, Pat, right? I believe. I think you played it for me, but this is a while ago. Right. So it's Dennis Wilson from the Beach Boys, the drummer from the Beach Boys put out an album 77 called pacific ocean blue it's actually great uh he then died in like 83 maybe and then but he never finished this track he put music to this track called holy man but never did vocals and might have not have written lyrics i forget but he um years later they got taylor hawkins to sing the vocals for it because he's a drummer too and a singer sang vocals for it and for whatever reason brian may and roger taylor play on this track holy man and it's like it sounds like floyd and it's it's amazing it's like i am i'm shocked it's not a bigger bigger oh wow that's cool you know queen did
2: something similar after freddie died they um they had a lot of unfinished songs, but they still had a lot of Freddie's voice on tape. So on their last studio album, which is Made in Heaven, Roger Taylor and Brian May sing a lot, but they still had enough of Freddie's vocals to like make an album. And uh, it's pretty cool, actually. It's not like their best stuff, but I mean, it's still a really solid album. And um, Freddie's voice was like strongest towards the end, so even though he was like getting sick and frail, he still belts out on that album. Mm-hmm. It's pr- pretty cool. Oh, that's great. Have you guys thought about the possibility of uh, a replacement?
0: I was just about to ask you that because I can't, I can't imagine that band without Taylor Hawkins. This is true.
1: I mean, and, yeah. And do
0: you think, like, is Dave Grohl gonna be like, "That's it, I'm done"? I don't know. I don't know. No, and, I uh, that guy's not gonna be done. You know, he he, he might he might or take, at least that, like the, maybe with time the Foo off. Fighters. Like Yeah, I don't know. It, it, maybe. Yeah. Maybe, will he, they
2: ever perform together as that name? You know, on yeah. un, un, under that name,
0: yeah. That's like, are they going to do like you know, Zeppelin? Like John Bonham died, and they just they called it a day. And you know, to or in, in ten years, is Taylor son or daughter going to be on the drums? Right. Yeah. Which you know, his son, uh, his son was is a pretty badass drummer. I, I was mm-hmm. just watching. Um, he's got this great side project. He had this great side project called Chevy Metal. And they mm-hmm. were just they just covered all of his favorite songs and they played with uh with uh like an array of of guest musicians. And uh I was just watching this morning oh no, it wasn't Chevy Metal. It was the it was the band with uh Dave Navarro. It was NHC. N-N-H-C. NHC. NHC, the, the band with Dave Navarro, and um they did a cover and Taylor's singing all this. Uh, but they, they did a cover of Ziggy Stardust with uh, Taylor's 12-year-old son on the drums. And you could tell the kid's going to be a badass drummer.
2: Oh, that's awesome. I mean, Im- immediately when all this went down, my mind was going to a million places. But I was like, Matt Cameron. I mean, he was in Pearl Jam and mm-hmm. Soundgarden. That was, Soundgarden was actually somebody who I thought, him. too. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, dude, if he's going to do Pearl Jam and Soundgarden flip-flopping tours and albums, there's no reason why he can't do Pearl Jam and Foo Fighters now. Mm-hmm. I was thinking. This, I was thinking the same thing. He was the one Man, that
1: that really popped up.
2: He put up a really nice tribute on social media too. I follow him on Twitter and Instagram, and Matt Matt posted
1: some stuff. Did here and here's a, just a, a sort of random question. I think they've gotten together once or twice, but was there any talk when you know, of course, Nirvana and then Grohl did the first Foo Fighters album. Was Chris Novoselic ever like in like? Would he ever? Did he ever try to get back together with with Chris to, to that? I don't know. Um, Chris
2: Novoselic was in a band called Sweet Seventy Six mm-hmm. for a while after Nirvana, um, but no, he kind of just did his own thing, I think. And uh, but I've seen Chris join the Foo Fighters on stage twice and play the accordion, which is pretty cool because he oh, played the cool. accordion on Unplugged on Jesus Don't Want Me for a Something, um, yeah. Yeah, I've seen him join the Foo Fighters. Yeah, Chris kept a low profile, I think. I mean, he was still like seen and out and about, but I don't know what happened to Sweet Seventy Six. But I mean, I mean, it was clearly nothing compared to what the Foo Fighters did, right?
0: Um, yeah it's 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 hard to it's hard to imagine them not soldiering on, but then it's also really hard to imagine them without tail. And then I was trying to think like for our generation. I was trying to think of a more uh, iconic partnership in in rock, even in music. Yeah, it's hard to. And I, I was. it's it, a very good question. Okay. It it's it hard to you know. There's not a lot of uh, you know, Jagger Richards, uh, Lenny... and I know that he wasn't writing. You know, I know Dave was was the sole songwriter on most of those songs, but it was it was a real partnership, and uh, there, there's not a lot. I, I, unless i'm just not no you're you're making obvious. me rack my
2: brain here because you can't even say like um you know eddie veteran mike mccready right they're not known as a duo like that right or like um
0: yeah like even actual duos aren't you know what i mean like i, I like even the black keys i wouldn't consider like i, I, I yeah but that that's not our it's, uh, that's uh, not our generation. I'm, I'm thinking and, of like, what, what what other bands are still out there that are Foo
1: Fighter level of like, you know, like there's U2. They're like, I'm trying to think of like, what you, even was on their level of like sort of mass popularity that are still doing it. Uh, you know, the Chili Peppers, because they were both about mm-hmm. to embark on stadium tours this year. Oh, I mean, true.
2: Foo Fighters were going to play Lincoln Financial Field in July, but the Chili Peppers are playing, um, citizens bank park the baseball stadium in september Mm -hmm. so they're doing a stadium tour which blows my mind because i (laughs) love i love the foo fighters but the fact that they've reached stadium level success blows my mind because i've seen them at the electric factory three times i've seen them at the tower and now like i'll be 100 honest when they released the stadium tour i was not thrilled right oh yeah yeah no
0: i mean you never want to go see unless you're on the floor uh, it's you never want to go see him. A... Now that that show's canceled at the link, Pat, do you think
1: like, do you think they're looking for something? Re- like, would you want to try to do like a yeah, showcase I was there actually that night or gonna, something? I like was going to
2: put together a helium
1: all stars. Uh, yeah, we could maybe, night. Ken, if you wanted to come down, we could do, you could do us, maybe do a guest spot. Yeah, I mean, that's that, yeah. that night at Lincoln Financial Field. Like, we could just do, like, I'll maybe, Pat, you and I could co headline. Yeah, and I think so. Ken, would I'm, you? I'm, yeah, I'd host you, you. Could go. you do like a tight six? Sure. Is that? something you'd be interested in yeah
0: yeah okay
1: i'm not um have you guys seen let's talk about that for a second good shows at a state on a stadium level i've actually had two good experiences i think it's the only experience i've had i saw U2's joshua tree tour at the link which was great yeah, i was there and then i saw the uh, the police at citizens bank park i was also and that there. was there that was actually a great show that was like i it's like it's that feel of a stadium is all, is too is too much. Have you guys had any like really bad shows or really um, good shows? Well,
2: I saw Genesis and the Stones at the Vet, not in the same night. Um, I've seen you two outdoors in a couple stadiums. But do you guys remember a couple years ago, Metallica played Lincoln Financial Field, mm-hmm. and the sound was apparently terrible. I remember Preston and Steve talking about it, and I don't know if it was like it, uh, the in house system or what Metallica brought with them, but like a lot. Of, I think they refunded a lot of money from that show because. It really did not sound good to the people okay. on the whole entire upper level.
0: Yeah, that's the Which problem. Is embarrassing. That's, and yeah, it really sucks. It's, it's a problem yeah. with a lot. It's I, I it's like I said before, I think if you're sitting up close at a stadium show, it's great. Like I've seen mm-hmm. Springsteen on the floor, at giant stadium a bunch of times. You uh, two. Uh, stones, yeah. So, yeah, I I think that you know, when when you're close, it it, it still feels you know even it still feels intimate. Yeah, it it like feels- and I was
1: very lucky because like I was maybe on like the forty yard line or whatever at the link, so I was like pretty close on the ground. And then at for the, I don't know if I told the story before, but for the police, I really wanted to see them, and I wanted four tickets, and you it was literally like back in the day, you would call Ticketmaster or wherever to your live nation or whatever to try to get tickets and the woman was like how many tickets are you i was like give me four four tickets and you're trying to do it as quickly as possible to get it in so you don't really yeah oh god, out. yeah and uh she's like how much are you willing to spend and i was like oh up to like two hundred dollars total so like 50 bucks a piece you know like that kind of situation or whatever i said she's like how's 250 and i was like yeah, yeah yeah that's fine 250 that's fine and she's like okay and she's like okay i got it in she's like oh your total is like 1100 and whatever and i'm like yeah. what and she was like, no, she's like, I thought you said 250 a ticket. And I was like, I can't not do it. So I ended up getting $250 tickets and which gave us great. We were like 20th row. Yes. Yeah. It, it turned I out to
0: mean, be great. $200 total. She would have been like, listen, take that money and go buy some beach chairs yeah, and, and drive to the parking there. lot <laughs> and you can sit there. Um, you know.
2: Speaking of like stadiums and stuff, the Foo Fighters, I saw them at the Spectrum and I saw them at the Wells Fargo Center. So both indoor arenas, but man, they would come to Camden most tours and I fucking hate it over there. I mean, I guess if you're kind of close in like the first, it's like the end of those listening, it's an indoor. There's like 15,000 seats under yep. the inside and then another 10 or 12,000 on the lawn. And I've been in the first row. I've been in the sixth row. I've been on the lawn. Like, if you're on the lawn, it's terrible. It's I mean, terrible. it is. Everything sounds like muffled.
1: Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen fish there so many times and it's like half the time I'm just there. You just want to have a good time. So it's like, you're just enjoying it. It's not, you're not like, if it's a band that I really want to see, I'm not going, I'm not going to go there. If it's just e- a band, I want to just hang, hang out and drink. I'm going to. I saw
0: one. the Foo Fighters. We have, we have an amphitheater, uh, right down the road from where I live. Uh, the PNC Bank Arts Center it used to be the Garden State Arts Center. Yeah. And I saw the Foo Fighters there with the chili peppers. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was there 2000. Yeah, but that was, and the and the Foo Fighters if I remember correctly, Foo Fighters went on first. They did.
2: And um, I remember being mad at that tour because they were co-headlining and I'm mm-hmm. quoting that co-headlining, but the Foo Fighters did like, I don't know, 45 50 minutes and then Chili Peppers did like 2 hours. Like that's not co-headlining. They opened. That was yeah, not yeah, equal yeah. in any way shape or form. Yeah.
0: And that, well, that was still I a great tour. And was, Blonde Redhead opened, too. Was was that uh, like during, Cal- was that Californication? Was that when they? That
2: was. Yeah, yeah that was, was like. They, July
0: of 2000. They they lost me. Like that album was the album that lost me with the Chili Peppers. Oh, I peppers.
2: loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so
0: right
1: around that same time, I saw one of the worst concerts. I, I, I wouldn't say worst concerts. Most disinterested I've ever been in. I went with this this girl at PNC Art, Art Center. It was the only time I've been there. I saw Santana like during his like. Supernatural tour with uh the opener of Macy Gray, Macy Gray and Santana. I what an odd pairing! Yeah, and it was it was fine. And then you realize you like you're like oh like none. Rob Thomas wasn't there. Like they're gonna do Smooth, but it's with some like backup singer. You know, and you're like all right. What am I? Someone who's not Rob Thomas. What am I doing here?
0: I saw the Foo Fighters at Roseland Ballroom. Uh, oh, cool. And I think it was either for the, I maybe it was, I, I don't remember, I don't remember what album, but I do remember I was standing next to Debbie Harry the whole night from Blonde. Really? Yeah. And I just kept looking over at her and I, I'm like, i like, I think I was the only one that recognized that Debbie Harry was standing there. Yeah. I, remember, I kept waiting for people to come up and ask for a picture or bother her or something. Mm-hmm. But, uh, huh. yeah. Which, you know, that's so weird because the the one time I saw the Foo Fighters, it was
1: at like uh, the Wachovia Center or whatever. I'm like, Do you know who I was standing next to? This is crazy. Uh, Pat House. Whoa. Yeah, I was standing next to comedian Pat House. Do you remember we're, what, we're, what year were that you surprised was what, when what nobody tour? recognized
0: him? What's that? Do you remember I swear, remember what
1: year no. that was. Oh, yeah. I, I asked him for his autograph. Is that what you're asking, oh. Ken? <laughs> yeah. I, so that was, I'm going to call it maybe like 2000 eight or nine it was i'm 99 sure that the guy from system of a down surge and the flying Cunts of chaos the flying fcc Cunts of chaos Yep. open open for them
2: yeah okay yep that was the echoes silence patience and grace tour so would that have been like
1: 2008 ish around there 8?
2: that was yeah. like the big uh the uh pretender was like the big big one from that album they had a okay. couple other hits but that was like the master talking exploding hit yeah so oh, before I forget, let me say this: You guys, we, I, we, you mentioned the Eagles earlier, right? So Joe Walsh had a song called "Life of Illusion." You guys mm-hmm.
0: are familiar with that one? Yeah, I it's just, 40, I just forty listened. year
2: old version. Taylor Foo Fighters cover it, and Taylor yes. sings, and it's pretty yes. awesome. Yeah,
0: I just, I just listened to that. I went yeah. down this big Taylor Hawkins wormhole, and I'll admit, like I, I love the Foo Fighters. Um, but I don't know their albums inside there's there's two albums that I know inside out where I'm like I'm gonna it's the second album uh Color in the, the shape which I haven't listened to in years but when that came out that was in constant rotation probably for for a few years for me and uh, and then we talked about this yesterday with uh, Thomas Nicholas but wasting light to me was was like my, to me, that's easily my favorite album of theirs.
2: Wasting Light is so good, it's right behind the color and the shape for me because they had that exact sound. Like the Foo Fighters always were like a rock band, and their sound has varied a little. But I absolutely love the color and the shape and Wasting Light because they sound the same. That's the Foo Fighters sound I love.
0: Wait, mm-hmm. Wasting Light was so good that it's made me a little disappointed in each. Uh, album that's followed it because oh I, yeah
2: that and that's something i people you know bust my balls for being a crazy foo fighters fan and having the tattoo or whatever but i mean i am not a fan of anything they've done since wasting light and i can there there's this, stuff, this, is, this is my first time going on record saying that but who downhill but i still love everything from uh what from 1995 to you know there's there's six still, years ago
0: <laughs> they're they're a band where there will always be uh, you know, if they put out a new album. I always give it a shot. Um, there's al- there's always going to be two to four songs that range from really solid to fucking great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, the re- you know, and then the rest, it's like, oh, that just all sounds the same to me. Yeah. Their album it's
2: five years ago, four years ago, concrete and gold. Dude, I think I gave it like two listens ever. Yeah, I couldn't even tell you I can tell you like the Foo Fighters birthdays or like crazy autistic facts about them. I couldn't name four songs on concrete and gold. That's how <laughs> much I can't stand. How much that like after Wasting Light? It was. uh,
0: Yeah. So I found so I I was reading uh, I was reading Tyler Hawks. Taylor Hawkins final interview uh, in Rolling Stone last night. And um, he talked about a song that he'd sang. I never even knew that he sang a song uh, like on a record for the Foo Fighters. Yeah. I know Cold that- day in the sun. Oh, no, this, this one was called Sunday Rain.
2: Oh, OK, that, that's
0: probably on concrete and gold then it, this. It is so fucking good. Uh, I've listened to it maybe ten <laughs> times since I read the interview last night and he's singing and they get Paul McCartney to play drums. So it's the Foo Fighters with Paul McCartney on drums and Taylor on lead vocals, and it's fucking great. And oh wow! It also—I uh, was talking about this with you off air, Pat. But um, I- I'll admit, like I never even checked out Taylor Hawkins' solo records uh, mm-hmm. um, until until he passed away. And then I was like, "Well, let me let me see what these are about." And they're fucking great. Yeah, the Coattail Riders. And yes, there's
2: there's a lot of good stuff out there.
0: Yeah, the 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 new, the most recent Coattail Riders is, I, I think, better than any Foo Fighters album I've heard since Wasting Light. Oh wow! It's, okay, it's very, it's very like if. If you grew up on the same shit that I did in the 70s, like Queen and Zeppelin and, and cheap, tr- not that I grew up in the 70s, that's just the shit that I grew up on.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. Uh, it, it sounds, I mean, it sounds exactly like that. And then if you really want to have fun, go on YouTube and watch Chevy Metal. Uh, because they're, they're
2: just so fun.
0: They're so much fun and they get such great guests. I watched... um. They did a, they did a whole hour of nothing but David Lee Roth era Van Halen covers.
2: <laughs> that's awesome. And that's rooted into the Foo Fighters, too, because I've seen the Foo Fighters cover ain't talking about love. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, we mentioned uh, Taylor singing. actually, it was the um, Chili Peppers tour in 2000 in Camden. uh Dave played the drums, which was the first time I've ever seen that live. Dave played the drums. Taylor sang. They covered Pink Floyd's Have a Cigar. Yes. And it was awesome. That's great. And then they went in the studio and recorded it with Brian May on guitar. Yeah.
0: Foo Fighters do some incredible covers. Did that get radio played for a while? I feel like I've heard
2: that. It may have, but if it did, it was definitely early two thousands. Okay, like they, we're talking literally 20, 22 years ago. Yeah, yeah. They, I think it may have been on a movie soundtrack. I don't remember. Yes, yeah,
0: it was. It was. I don't remember. It may have even been something goofy like a Godzilla movie or something.
2: D- d- uh, they, I don't think it was Godzilla because they had another song on that when I had that on CD. I, I had that <laughs> soundtrack. Also, great. See, the
1: um, Wallflowers covered Heroes on that album. That's right. Yeah. Did Did you?
0: Ken, did you say that you saw them do Fearless? Was that somebody else? No, no, no. I I sent that 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 band with Navarro, that NHC. They do a cover of Pink Floyd's Fearless. Fearless, which, which is is my favorite. It's off the album Metal, and that's Metal, my yeah. favorite Pink Floyd song. It's I saw I at the, I was at the Tower Theater years ago, and I
1: saw the Black Crows, and they do two sets, and closing the first set, mm-hmm. yeah. they covered Fearless yeah. with Rich. With rich singing vocals, Sing, yes, and it was it was incredible.
0: Yeah, I've I've seen them do that. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm so I was you you said you that's the, you saw Grohl on drums. Uh, I saw I saw the tour that Queens of the Stone Age did with Dave Grohl on drums oh. at Bowery Ballroom. I was telling the story in the last episode, but I saw them at the Bowery Ballroom in New York City with maybe three hundred people, and Dave Grohl, uh, you, you couldn't take your eyes off him. And, and Queens His, of the Stone Age is like, that's a band that, that there's a lot going on. And and yeah. the, the front man is a lot of fun to watch and dead. <laughs> no, Josh, Mark, Mark,
2: Mark, Mark Lanigan.
0: Oh, well, he he was like, a, he came out that night. I saw I saw Mark Lanigan with them. But um, Taylor Hawk, we were, we, you know, Taylor, like you don't realize that the Foo Fighters have like maybe two of the top 10 greatest drummers of all time in the the same band at the same time. And I was trying to think, like, I can't think of another band that had, you know, like, I don't know, maybe the Stones, maybe Keith Richards and Ron Wood. Mm -hmm. Genesis
2: with Phil Collins and his son, Nick. (laughs) Even like, by the way, Genesis just played their final concert the other night, too.
0: Their final, final one.
2: They did a world tour and then wrapped up with a couple nights of the O2 in London. And I think that is it.
0: That's it. And I read Peter Gabriel was in attendance. He was. Why wouldn't you just be like, all right, fuck it. Let, let's give the people what they you know, you do. Go up and do one, you know, fucking do the Lamb Lies Down on Bro. Do one. It'd, it'd be great all. if
2: Peter Gabriel came out and sang a Phil Collins and Genesis song. Like, Peter Gabriel comes out to do, like, I Can't Dance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: you, see, you see Peter Gabriel singing, like, In Too Deep. Yeah. <laughs> or they just do, like, a Michael Alle- Mechanics. Illegal all, all I need and...
2: is a miracle.
0: Oh, God. Illegal Alien, man. you seen that video anytime oh, recently? God. I think wow. I
2: watch it once a month. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's so bad so it's so bad so i you know, i'll oh, go ahead oh no it's just so funny when a band has like a prolific career and everybody in genesis is legitimately super talented phil was an incredible drummer you got tony banks and mike rutherford they're all incredible musicians but every band has a fucking dud in the bunch queen do in my opinion the foo fighters do but that i mean the song is catchy but like for genesis it's like man that's the top
0: of the fucking cheese ball pile you yeah, know what i mean yeah um uh i was watching if if you're listening and you want to see something really cool uh google uh youtube chevy metal they play with dave grohl and they he comes out and does a couple songs uh by the stones Mm. um i think it was a queen song it may have been under pressure but they also do stay with me by uh, oh by faces yep and During that, like that kind of guitar breakdown at the end, they start breaking into snippets of so many amazing 70s hard rock songs. It turns into like almost a 10 minute jam and stay with me is, you know, one of the great party songs. Of oh, all absolutely. Time. Sure. And, uh, but it, they, they break into like black Sabbath, you know, like they break into paranoid at one point, they break into yep. stairway I to see, heaven at one point.
2: I've seen them throw blitzkrieg bop in mm-hmm. that kind yes, of chunk.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, we- by the way, speaking, speaking of, we should really get into the real reason that Taylor Hawkins, yeah God. yeah this is this i was saving this for the end yeah so i'm on youtube this morning and and uh watching this is breaking news by the way yeah a lot of people aren't going to know this because because the you know the official report is that he had an enlarged heart mm-hmm. uh twice the they said like a regular hearts 300 grams and and then and then like the old like Druggy and me was doing the math I was like trying to figure out how much that heart, like a 300 gram heart is worth right but they're saying that his his heart was six like twice it's 600 grams so the toxicology report I know comes back with 10 different things in it but you don't know that it's like he was it, like it could have been like a Xanax and an ambient, it was like, you know, an antidepressant yeah. and THC, like he may have smoked a joint and yeah, like, yeah, smoked a joint and took a Xanax and antidepressants, you know, you don't know that it was like heroin, you know, yeah. I mean, it may have been, but um, so I'm watching this morning. I'm just watching on YouTube all these tributes: Paul McCartney, Elton John, Miley Cyrus. Nobody's got a bad word to say about the dude. And uh, and then I stumble on. I don't even know if I should name it and and give it. No, if people want to look, they can. But I wouldn't even. Give yeah, it up. I'm I'm not yeah. going to name what 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 the guy is. But I, I found something, um, and I had not thought of this, but apparently. Uh, There's this fella, I guess he's a little religious and he (laughs) has, um, he has two different theories. Uh, One um, is that it was the vaccine Mm -hmm. because uh, apparently the vaccine is just killing people left and right all over the globe. Or two, and and it could be a combination of both. This isn't an either or. Yes. Two is that um, Dave Grohl actually uh, used him as a human sacrifice to mm. Satan. Right. Because Dave Grohl has made some sort of contract with the devil. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this goes back to Nirvana. Yes. Um. I know the, you know, the theory, the accepted theory is that Kurt Cobain killed himself, uh, Due to obviously uh, a lie you know they they he, he had that whatever that fake st- news <laughs> whatever that stomach illness was that that made his life you know uh, constant agony to, to but, live. Uh,
1: butterflies i think it's called butterflies <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh he wrote out a suicide note and everything mm-hmm. but uh, i know some people think courtney love was involved i've never even read into why they think she was involved but th- this fella had an interesting theory. Um, Dave Grohl wanted to go solo. Mm -hmm. So he somehow him and Satan conspired to have Kurt Cobain killed. Right. And that's the only if you think about it, that's the only logical way that he could have
1: gone solo because there's no way that he could have quit the band and started his own band. No way. Right. They're saying, you know, he, people don't do that. You can't do that. Not in no, the 90s. No, you can't. You legally can't quit a band and start your own band. Think you, about how ridiculous that sounds. True. It's it, the only way you could do it is by murdering the lead singer. That's right. The yeah. whole, that is with, literally the only way it could be done with, mean, with
2: Shannon Hoon. We've
0: seen this time and time again. Yeah. Yeah. With the help of Satan. Yes. But yes. That's, it's I mean, it's it's a hard feat to pull off yourself. Mm-hmm. Um. So Satan was just coming off the OJ ride, you know. <laughs> he, helped,
1: he helped the Menendez brothers. He had a little Eric time spare. Yeah, <laughs> and let's you know, let's get the drummer from Nirvana
0: uh, needs a little help. Pat, will sure, you, I'm here. Let's do it. Will you get Eric and Lyle forever tattooed? We'll pay for it. We'll we'll, yeah, we'll we will take, we'll, yeah. take, we'll we'll start a Patreon. Yes, I'll do will. it. I,
2: I could do that on the other hip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm all about um, balance, so I got one so, on one side. Why not like balance out the other? You and know? and so wait, by, and by wait, the
1: way, it's Eric and Lyle, right? Yeah. Eric and Lyle, yeah. That
0: that's two four-letter words, knuckle tattoos. Eric, Eric and Lyle, Lyle. right oh, there. Oh, that's even better. Yeah. Um, and then M's on my thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> so we may have to call this episode Eric and Lyle forever. Yeah. I think um. So, uh, and by the way, like Nirvana, clearly to anybody paying attention, were on their last leg. Like that was not a band that was destined to to stay together for twenty years. No, we we would not have been sitting here today going, yeah. The last two Nirvana albums of the seventeen weren't that great, right? It's no, like, no like, the, yeah. there's there's yeah. they they were already on the cusp of yeah. of calling it a day, and um. So you think he could have just waited it out, but no, he was impatient. He wanted to start. And this is what really bothered me that this, this fellow won't refer to it as a solo career. Yeah. He he wanted to start a singles career. Yes. Which is hilarious. Dave Grohl just wanted to put out singles. He just, he knows the music industry, this guy. So yeah. Yeah. He's clearly an insider. Yeah. Um, So he has Kurt Cobain killed so he can form the Foo Fighters. Yes. Now the Foo Fighters, and and I guess you, I, I'm not, if you're, if you listen to us and you worship Satan, mm-hmm. um, I'm not. Which if, if you love rock and roll, you obviously do. Right. And I'm not here to say if it's the right, or it's probably the right thing to do, but mm-hmm. I, it's, I, I don't, I don't know all the nuances. So forgive me. My understanding from watching this video was like every 20 years or so you need a human sacrifice sure or or your career goes away it's kind of like how you are supposed to replace
1: the batteries in your smoke detectors every time daylight savings happens right yeah right just a constant
0: reminder yes yeah just like that um he also he says this is why the foo fighters were rushed into the hall of fame Mm-hmm. not make sense not because they're the defining rock band of their generation or they uh <laughs> fulfilled the 25 year period since their first album <laughs> right right not yeah not because they like if you're not going to put them in immediately then there's why well, even have a fucking hall of fame mm-hmm. uh so um and I guess the academy, you know, like the the Hall of Fame board goes like they're like oh shit Dave's 20 year sacrifice is almost yeah, due we meet we, we, we let's let's be gentlemen and let Taylor give his final speech and then right. we'll you know and then Yeah. he he also claims that um you know it, it's it's very mysterious that that these celebrities keep dying in uh hotel rooms. Uh and he used Bob Saget as a focal point, he doesn't believe he's like anybody who's ever stayed in a hotel knows that it's carpeted. So yeah. it, you can't fall and hurt you. I'm like, yeah, hey, well, you can in the shower or, or the mm-hmm. bathroom. And I, I, I feel like Bob Saget maybe is staying in better hotels than, than this Satan fella.
1: Possibly. Uh, the the same fella had a lot of good points. I would assume that he's got like a Marriott, like reward membership kind of situation where he'd be upgraded. Maybe.
0: Yeah. Uh, he 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 used uh, the Foo Fighters' recent movie, horror movie, Studio Six Six Six. For those of you who don't know, the plot is Dave Grohl. They they go to record an album in a haunted, in an old house studio that's haunted. Dave Grohl becomes possessed, murders the entire band, mm-hmm. and uh, begins a singles career. So he yep. murders the band in order to to become a solo artist yeah so he, he he says that this is satan working in plain sight like dave already came out and said this is what i'm gonna do because again you can't just be like hey uh i know i've made all of you guys multimillionaires, millionaires mm-hmm. um but i i want to take a break and put out a solo thing and then we'll he get back and then that. we'll get back together in a year you can't do that can't yeah. be done someone
1: yeah. has to go right someone has to die yeah. Right. It's it makes
0: many many valid points, and just like most good YouTube videos, it's 17 minutes long. Yes, yeah, because that's that's the attention span of people watching these days. Yeah. Um, Speaking of 17 minutes long, I I know we do have to. Pat has to go in just a just a couple minutes.
1: Um, uh, Pat, uh, favorite (laughs) Taylor Hawkins Foo Fighters memory of yours?
2: Um. I met him once it was very brief. He was very nice. Dave Grohl was very nice too. And I got you know it's really fucking weird. Um last week was the 40th anniversary of Randy Rhodes' death. Right. And I used to worship Randy Rhodes in high school. I uh, still am a huge fan. Jim Florentine posted a picture he took of Randy Rhodes on his disposable camera from literally 40 41 years ago and i have a photo of taylor hawkins that i took signing an autograph for the person next to me and then i kind of have the same deal he's now gone and that's just a photo i just fucking took in the moment with my um uh polaroid disposable camera that you would drop off at cvs you know what i mean yeah yeah. So it was cool. I mean, I I didn't have this crazy interaction with him, but I definitely had a brief moment with him. But uh, I don't have a favorite memory, but I've seen him alive a bunch of times and just glad I got to see him do his thing a bunch.
0: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> let me just read. Let me just read one YouTube comment.
1: Oh, yeah. From, from this very real from, video. So, so that, I was watching yes.
0: this video and I apologize for sending it to you guys at 7 a.m., but I was... <laughs> I was pretty I know you don't have kids, but I you was- You had already I was,
2: watched it by that point. Which I, I'd so. already <laughs>
0: watched it, yeah, I was pretty excited. Um, but I, so I see, I click on the video and I see there's a thousand comments and I'm like, oh good, there's gonna be a thousand people telling this guy what a fucking, A, ghoul he is, mm-hmm. and B, fucking idiot he is. Yeah. And boy, was I wrong. As was I. <laughs> <laughs> but this is my favorite so this this uh i think this this lady uh by the i won't give her last name but tiffany uh i think she is of the belief that it was not maybe not satan but the vaccine that, that killed him okay yeah. so tiffany i had to tell you guys about this it's funny but it's not funny i farm so i had to go to tractor supply to pick up some supplies for my farm babies Two women walked in before me, set off the security alarm. They were all like, well, that's weird. I said, I guess y'all are vaxxed, huh? They said, yes. I mean, how much more proof do these idiots need?
1: Tiffany Tiffany from (laughs) Iowa or whatever, 100%. (laughs) And then- <laughs> again you're getting this breaking news here like the cutting edge on the podcast i love rock and roll and that's what you're you people are getting out of this and uh you should be following us for all of these you know we're we're unve- not just rock and roll but we're unveiling this the secret conspiracies of the world and i think that's our mission ken you're looking out for the listeners you know yeah Get yeah rock and
0: roll with a side of yeah did, I mean, but like, oh, I, you're vaccinated. Oh, yeah. Well, like, did you ask if maybe they were shoplifting? Right. Like, oh, yeah. Like our coats are crammed with stolen shit. Maybe that's what did it. That's what I
1: should be like. I'm vaxxed. I'm vaxxed. And I just have like a handful of Oreos under my, my arm. I'm just. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Pat, we, I, I know you have to, you have to yeah. run, uh, but. Uh, Thank you
2: for having me on the first emergency episode. Was it the
0: first emergency one? Charlie Watts was was Charlie Charlie Watts Watts. was our first emergency episode. It's drummers, man. Two drummers. I mean, do not see it, guys. It's Satan at work. Yeah. Sleep tight, Lars. (laughs) (laughs) I think (laughs) that's that's now the new title. of (laughs) 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 Pat Smears just slowly backing out of the room. larry
2: mullen jr's fucking not leaving his house
0: yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right pat uh any, and thank you, you
2: guys wanna...
0: for
1: having me thank you thank you uh, where can people find you pat and what, they, uh, what should they do when they find you you can type pat house
2: into any search bar on facebook twitter or instagram but the handle is at bohemian pat city bohemian pat p-a-t-s-o-d-y um yeah but also it's you can i believe you can type people's just name in right
0: yeah no you, no, you can't you, have, you must murder w, the lead singer of your band mm, first yeah. yeah and www dot those two yes. things not either or right
2: so yeah bohemian Patsy, Pet House. Chip, ken, you, you uh, where city penthouse uh
0: to follow the show rock and roll pod i'm ken yep. krantz comic anywhere else um Oh, and I I just I just booked these, but I'm excited about them. May 20 and 21st, uh, I'm with Adrian Ayapalucci, one of the great dark comics oh, of she's all the best. time at, uh, at Bananas in New Jersey.
1: Oh, great. That's a fun that's a fun room. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. All right, gentlemen. Well, I think we did it. I think we solved uh, solved this world problem. And uh, hopefully we don't have to come together on such unfortunate circumstances uh, in the near future, but hopefully we can do it on a better time and we'll uh, talk yeah. about uh we'll talk about shannon hoon or somebody all right all right
0: hail satan